Hey, it's Evo, and this is Three Clips, a Castos original. As always, our goal with Three Clips is to demystify the creative processes behind great podcasts and to inspire greater creativity in your work. We're doing that again today, but with a slight twist. Today, I'm chatting with Stuart Barefoot, the producer of the first five episodes of Season 2 of Three Clips. Not about his podcast, he is a podcaster, by the way, but about some additional clips he really wanted to include in our prior episodes, if it weren't for that whole Three Clips format. Helping you understand the process that we go through to make Three Clips might help you improve your processes. There are probably things you didn't know, like the fact that the producer, Stuart, works with the hosts of the individual shows to not only select the clips, but to convey to me why those clips were chosen. We do this for a couple of reasons, like division of labor, but it also helps make a much more well-rounded show. By giving the producer power to actually select the content, it keeps three clips from being just another podcast of mine. And I think that ultimately makes the show more enjoyable for even more people. Three Clips is a Castos original series. Castos helps podcasters like you host amazing shows and monetize premium content, all within our easy-to-use podcast dashboard. If you're looking for a team to help get your next podcast project off the ground, look no further than Castos Productions. Hey, we help make this show too. Email us, hello at castos.com with any questions or visit 3clipspodcast.com slash castos for more information. So before we get on with the last three episodes of Three Clips Season 2, enjoy this brief bonus look at some clips that almost made it and why they matter. So we are midway through the second season of Three Clips, the podcast from Castos, and we thought we might take a moment to reflect, yeah, and look back at some episodes we've done as we've made it this far. and um, All the trials and tribulations, the laughs and tears we've shared you know, along the way. Here's the reality of this, and, and since our audience is made up of podcasters, I think many of them can, um, if they can't relate with this, it is only a matter of time until they can relate with this, and that is changing hosts mid-season or in the middle of a show. Switching seasons, switching hosts, you know, all those changes and still calling the show the same is both fun and hard. <laughs> it, is a, it is a bit of a challenge to kind of keep the continuity going. At least that's what I think. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're you're right about that. But I also think there's enough of um, a well-oiled machine behind the scenes. I think that's kind of kept this thing going. I'd say largely thanks to the support we have at Castos has made this pretty easy just in terms of the distribution and some of the technical support we get from them has made that process easier, but it's, it's kind of a new approach to, uh, or not a new approach, but it is, it's a bit of a different approach, I think, to presenting a podcast, having rotating hosts and all that. So I guess while we're at it, big props to Jay Akunzo, who kind of designed this show, thought of the concept and really gave us a great backlog to work with. Just for real quick, in case the people listening right now haven't figured out right now, uh, you know me, I, I, I'm the, I'm the host of the show, but, but this is Stuart. Stuart Barefoot. He is the producer. He has produced all of the episodes of Three Clips Season 2 th that, that I have hosted um, and has done a fantastic job. So so thanks for making me sound good, man. Oh, yeah. Anytime. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so today, 
we're going to do we're going to keep the same format of three clips and we're going to play for you three clips but these are three clips that Stuart you have selected that are from three of the shows we've had previously not all of the shows we've had previously and what was your motivation in generally speaking overall for selecting uh, these clips Right. So these were all clips that were in strong consideration for being featured on the actual episodes, but didn't quite make the cut. Largely because every episode we've featured has been really good and has had more than three clips worth sharing. So we, we sort of wrestled with the idea that we change it to five clips or six clips, but then the episodes would never end and you might as well just listen to the whole episode anyway. So uh, we yeah. So obviously, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff in every episode that's probably worth dissecting. So, yeah, these were ones that I had set aside during my selection process and didn't quite make the cut. So this is kind of like an honorable mention, I guess. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to roll through uh, an unheard clip unless you've listened to the podcast itself. But if you've listened only to three clips, you wouldn't have heard these. We're going to roll through three different clips. One is from Nice Try from Avery Truffleman. The second will be from Bellwether, Sam Greenspan show. And then we'll wrap it up with the ever uplifting story of How to Start a War by Michael Trapani. And so getting right into it then, this first clip we will play is from Avery Treffelman's podcast, Nice Try. Season 2 of Nice Try is all about the items found inside of the home in an effort to turn our homes into a utopia. And here is a clip from the uh, first episode of the second season. The doctrine of separate spheres seems kind of obvious on its surface, but it's a bit of an insidious concept. It builds off this idea that life can be cleaved into, into a public world and a private world, a clean separation, one that has been grafted onto another neat binary, onto this idea that women tend the home and men go out into society. Like, that's just the way it was or supposed to be throughout much of the history of the West. And then, in the Victorian era, this concept of separate spheres took on another layer of meaning, a moral Christian one. The additional overlay that the home is the place that is pure, not sullied by the public world. This concept, or really this fiction, is that the currency of the home is love, not money. That home is a place for leisure, not labor and that the home should aspire to be, both ethically and practically, a utopia. So what was it about this clip that spoke to you, Stuart? So there were about four things going on here that I thought would be worth an audience hearing. One, I think just a presentation of it. The sound design with the narration itself was extremely well done. Two, the use of a soundbite from an interview to be included into that narration. Three, again, setting up both broadly and narrowly what this podcast is about. So she's looping in the concept of utopia, which, if you heard season one, was all about utopia, and relating it back to how, you know, something as innocuous as a doorbell could be 
considered, you know, an attempt to make utopia. Um, and, and four, I think, is something that actually you touched on in another episode when we talked to Sam Greenspan. You know, you made the comment to Sam that it's easy to tell when someone has extensive background in radio versus someone who has only ever made podcasts. And what you the, the point you made to Sam and ostensibly to our audience is, is that people with a background in radio know how to take the best parts from an interview and splice it out and present it in a way that's more digestible to an audience versus recording uh, you know, a 45 minute to an hour long conversation, maybe with some light editing and presenting it. And that's precisely what Avery did here. If you listen to it in the larger context of the episode, she's talking with, with a professor and, and writer named Ruthie Cowan, I, I believe. And what she did was explain this idea, the doctrine of separate spheres. Now it's a pretty complicated concept, right? But Avery managed to do that in about 70 seconds. <laughs> Rather now, than reading a Wikipedia entry, right? Which would be, you know, right. a lot of people's go-to. Right, right. So I'm going to put myself in Avery's shoes here a little bit. Now, she's way better of a podcaster than I am. So I'm not trying to say that she's my peer because she's far superior to, to anything I can do. But I, I'm actually in the process of, like, writing and producing and narrating a, a series, a limited series right now myself. And I'm talking to a lot of these professor types, these, these really smart people. And oftentimes when you ask them a question, they'll give you a very long meandering answer, right? And so the job is, as a narrator is to condense that answer. So I'm going to guess here, again, if, if her experience mirrors mine, that she probably asked Dr. Cowan, what is the doctrine of separate spheres? And probably got a, a pretty long, extensive answer. So what Avery did here was she condensed what was probably, you know, a several minute answer in to about 70 seconds. So she kept the most important information from there, but was able to kind of jump from one part of the, the narrative to the next. So um, it's it's just great work. I, I mean, there's 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 a lot happening there in 70 seconds. And so I, I something I've thought of lately is, you know, you can listen to a podcast and hear nothing happen, or you can listen to a podcast and hear everything happen. Um, and when you listen to Avery Truffleman, everything's happening. A lot's happening that maybe if you just listen to it passively, you're not quite picking up on. But those things don't have to happen in real time. <laughs> that's that's an important key factor that I think a journalist background gives a producer. They know, as you said before, how to condense it down, how to just get the meat out, and then use the actual tape recorded to give that color, to give it that flair so that people can understand that you had a conversation with someone, but you don't necessarily have to listen to that information being presented to you in real time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think of it almost as an analogy of imagine you have like a, a bunch of bow and arrows and you can go out to like a big barn wall somewhere and you shoot a bunch of arrows all over the barn. And then later on, you go and you get yourself some red paint and you paint bullseyes around each arrow. <laughs> right. I kind of think of making podcasts like that sometimes and that like you can have this really long conversation with somebody and it might it might kind of feel disjointed and long. But then you go back and listen to it and you're like, wait a minute, we can use some of this. So if we just go in and supplement it with narration and, and music beds and we take out a lot of these parts that we don't need. That's a way of making podcasts that's, that's pretty helpful. So no, it doesn't happen in real time. It's it's a long process. And I think it's something that if you're new to podcasting, I think you've got to be pretty realistic about the time commitment involved. She makes it sound easy, but it's not. Like what, this is very advanced stuff. What Avery Truffleman and her team at Vox, you know, Megan Kinane, I think being one of her producers, you know, they've Vox and Curbed 
have have an extremely talented team over there. So it's not just it's not just Avery Truffleman doing this. As talented and brilliant as she is, she also knows how to how to partner with really smart people to to make these things uh, pretty next level. Yeah, it's 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 not a one person show to to make something at that caliber for sure. There's a lot we can do with a one person show, but with the right team behind you, as a podcaster, as a journalist, uh, you can get you can get a lot more done. Let's uh, migrate on to our second clip we're going to play for today. This one is from Bellwether with Sam Greenspan. That's that's their show that they put together. As they call it, speculative journalism. So we're going to stay on the journalism theme for a moment. And uh, this is from the fifth episode of Bellwether. Let's hear it. I can play it, but I'm not sure where one file ends and the other begins. Okay, stand by. Fire in the hole. Greenspan, this is Bellwether. This is a story about missing information. When you can't get the information because the information is not where it should be. When this happens on the internet, experts call it link rot. Link rot is the phenomenon of content on the web disappearing over time. Or more prevalently and even a little more complicatedly, it's the phenomenon of content on the web changing. Claire Stanton, Harvard Library Innovation Lab. We are a group of lawyers and technologists and librarians and programmers all working together to build open source software for libraries of the future. One of Claire Stanton's colleagues at Harvard, Jonathan Zittrain, led a study of link rot within U.S. Supreme Court opinions. We found that of all the hyperlinks that were used in U.S. Supreme Court opinions, 50% of them had rotted, which means that they either were completely gone or the content had changed from what it had originally been meant to be referencing. What are the attributes of that clip that really spoke to you, Stuart? Okay, so when I was making a draft of the episode script for uh, our interview with Sam, this was actually the first clip I set aside. And I was planning on actually featuring this one in the actual episode, but I, I thought the other three we ultimately settled on, I thought were, I wouldn't say stronger than this, but made more sense in terms of, I think, the way we wanted to present Bellwether to our audience. So this came pretty early in the episode. Now, a quick little reminder, if you haven't heard our episode with Sam Greenspan, Bellwether, like you caught it, is a podcast on speculative journalism. I think the way you phrase it is perfectly right. It's showing what the world is through a lens of what the world might become. So it's these clashes of human versus technology. So their final episode of Bellwether is called Keep It 200, and it's about missing information on the internet. So they, about maybe a minute in after we hear this fictitious layer of the podcast, again, you'll have to go and listen to Bellwether and our and our interview with Sam for that all really to make sense. But the episode being about missing information, Sam kind of tees up sort of the theme of the episode through a story that we don't really hear about again the rest of the time. This isn't a story specifically about the Supreme Court ruling or anything like that. It presents kind of the problem of missing information on the internet. The other thing going on here that I thought was really important was how quickly they introduced the guest from Stanford, Claire Stanton. There wasn't some long, drawn-out introduction 
their there entire wasn't... CV. Right. Yeah. You don't need that. <laughs> right. 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 Or or the the long back and forth banter. Hey, how's it going? All all sure. that type of thing that you typically get at the top of a podcast. Uh, you know, interviewer episode. This right. It's sort of building off of what's been an unofficial theme this season is just start the episode. Just get on with it. Just get on with <laughs> it. Right. So that, yeah. And, and then again, kind of similar to the clip we heard with Avery, it just sounded cool. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. I think the, the use of the use of music beds under the narration work really well. It's subtle, but really adds something to it. Kind of sets a mood, I think for, for the rest of the episode. So yeah, just Bell Other's such a good uh such a good series. Sam's obviously a veteran, comes from that same world as Avery Truffleman. And I, I think their their presentation of it is both it's it's radio reimagined, right? Yeah. I mean, these are the types of stories you could just as easily hear on NPR, but it's they tweak the format and the presentation of it a little bit to where their their podcast series. And also I think a lot of it has to do with their ability to tell a great story, not just listen to a story being told. Way too many podcasters talk about their storytelling show, and I go, listen, it's just an hour-long, uncut interview. And that's not storytelling. That's let, that's you listening to someone tell a story. <laughs> that's story listening? I'm not sure what there's a, a right way to do that. But here it's really deconstructing all those pieces and reassembling something in a way that gets the story across and i think sam is a is a true master at, at doing that sort of thing Yeah, and for our final clip of this recap episode here, we're going to put truth to that lie completely because this is none of those things. This next clip we're going to play is not a conversation. It is not an interview. It is not even a story. It's history. These are things that really happened. And again, we don't want history told in real time. That was called experiencing it. That's never a fun way <laughs> to learn about history. So that's not a great one. For our final clip of today, we're going to pull from How to Start a War, that is Michael Trapani's seven-part series about World War II, and this clip comes from Chapter 4. All across Austria, every radio cut to silence. Every home, every living room, every kitchen, the music or the news that was playing gave way to quiet. Then, after a few moments, the Austrian people heard the voice of their chancellor, one last time. Good evening. This day has placed us in a tragic and decisive situation. I have to give my Austrian fellow countrymen the details of the events of today. The German government today handed to President Miklas an ultimatum with a time limit, ordering him to nominate as chancellor a person picked by the German government and to appoint members of a cabinet picked by the German government. Otherwise, German troops would invade Austria. I declare before the world that reports launched in Germany concerning disorders by the workers, the shedding of blood, and a situation beyond the control of the Austrian government are lies from A to Z. President Miklas has asked me to tell the people of Austria that we have yielded to force, 
since we are not prepared, even in this terrible situation, to shed blood. We have decided to order the troops to offer no resistance. So, I now take leave of the Austrian people, with the German word of farewell uttered from the depths of my heart. Alvita Zayn, God protect Austria. Why'd you pick that uplifting piece to end our episode today, Stuart? <laughs> right. Well, oh uh, man, this is going to be kind of like a longer answer to this. How to start a war has been a six-year effort for Michael in terms of the research he did, the time he spent writing it. And I think the final product reflects that. Uh, to answer your question, why did I pick it? We've talked a lot this season about how to start an episode. We haven't talked as much about how to end an episode. And this was a, this was as strong of an ending of, of an episode as I, as I think I've ever heard. And, I, and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I've, I've made a lot of podcasts. I always try to end strong. And I don't think my best work has come anything uh, close to that. I mean, this is one of those ones where, <laughs> you know, you just when I think, and I'll say this about all, all three of these podcasts, you know, just, just when I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on how, I, how to make a podcast, <laughs> somebody comes <laughs> along and I feel like I know nothing. And uh, so I've never, <laughs> yeah. I wow. think that's one of the great things about this medium that we find ourselves in is that there is no one right way. There are lots of ways to do things. There, there are lots of right ways, right? I mean, as as you said, that was that was a stellar way to end an episode. That that piano sustained tone at the end, just continuing, is just, yeah, you're left haunting, and it's right there. But then again, that's not going to work if you're doing an interview style podcast or a comedy show, right? There's there's all these different nuances. One thing that I think all three of the clips have in common, and you touched on it a bit, is that in all three cases, the creators got intimately familiar with the material and turned it into something that it wasn't before really created their own not a spin but really found a way to tell the story with the pieces that were available to them in a compelling in an interesting way that makes people want to come back for more uh, and they all did it without worrying about i gotta publish this next wednesday you know, these are all things that are done well ahead of time so that they can really get there, get what they want out properly. And I think it's important that we that we showcase that. I'm so glad that most well, all of the episodes to date that we've done with the second season of Three Clips have been shows like that, where they are taking their time telling the story, not forcing something to be done when it's when it has to be done, but waiting till actually it is done. So all too often, I think in podcasting, we get caught up in the idea of uh, I've got to say on a production schedule, which mirrors my release schedule. And I don't know that's always the case. And certainly for these for these clips today and, and the episodes of second season of three of three clips thus far, that's not been the case. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's just one of those nuts and bolts of getting the workflow right. I don't think there's I'm not going to sit here and say there's, you know, one type of production schedule that works. Other than I'm a I'm a staunch believer that you know a story is not finished until it's finished. Uh, so I you know when I work with with people you know we're doing one of two things. It's either you know we we have an off season where we're doing a lot of the production beforehand, 
all right, a lot of the heavy lifting. So we're not in that situation of, well, episodes go out every Thursday and I don't have anything and it's Monday. What do we do? That's the situation we always avoid. Or there is no release schedule and you just do an episode and when it's done, it's it's ready to go out. I mean, there might be a lot of marketing and SEO people out there who are saying, hey, you can't do that. And they're probably right. But in terms of like, if we're, if we're just talking about presentation and we're just talking about having a final episode and a final you know piece of audio or radio that you're proud of, I I would stick strongly and I'll and I'll I'll defend that and I'll champion that idea. It's not finished until it's finished, <laughs> and that's why it took Michael Trapani six years to make How to Start a War. Sam Sam Greenspan spent five years making Bellwether and Avery Truffleman. It was two years between seasons one and two. I know she's got other things going on with like articles of interest and all that, but I would say she probably spent the better part of that two years working on yeah. season two, if I had to bet. Yeah, yeah, you're you're exactly right. Well, I think they have all been stellar episodes thus far in the season. I'm looking forward to the remainder. I'm glad that you took the time to sit down with me and do this recap, Stuart. So thank you very much. A big thanks to Stuart for taking the time to share his decision processes with me on today's episode. I've collaborated with a lot of podcasters, a lot of producers, lots of hosts, and everybody else in the last 17 years that I've been in podcasting. And I can honestly say that hosting three clips has been one of the most rewarding experiences of my career. I'm looking forward to the next three episodes as we round out this season. If you missed any of the episodes that featured three different clips from the ones you just heard, Catch up on all the action at 3clipspodcast.com. I have been and shall be your host for this season, Evo Terra. Thank you so much for listening. You can support the show by telling a few dozen of your closest friends. Again, that's 3clipspodcast.com. This episode was produced and edited by Stuart Barefoot. Theme music was created by Tyler Litwin. Matt Medeiros is the executive producer of Three Clips. If you can't get enough of me, follow me on Twitter, where I'm at EvoTerra. And if you're a serious podcaster with an interest in making podcasting better, check out my daily short-form podcast called Podcast Pontifications, which you can find at podcastpontifications.com. Three Clips is a Castos original series. You can learn more at castos.com. All of these links are in the episode details. And now, our bonus segment. Each episode, we ask our guests for a podcast they'd recommend that isn't at the top of the charts, a show they'd like to show some love to. We call this segment, Play It Forward. All right, so I would highly recommend to anyone who likes storytelling podcasts, like like things that are a little bit quirky that aren't as well known. It's called Out of History. And it's written, produced, and narrated by a good friend of mine and sometimes creative collaborator, uh, Renee Pogue. Uh, I'll just read the description to you. It's called, it's a, a queer history podcast delving into the lives of famous historical figures and exploring parts of their lives that maybe weren't so heterosexual. So it's it's an interesting, it's it's quirky, it's funny. It's usually relatively short. So you can you can listen to it in, in a good drive and in, in a good drive. Um, and it's a good example of, again, like you don't always have to have this big, sophisticated production style for a podcast to be good. It's just presented in an interesting way. And it, it's definitely worth a listen. Uh, they haven't made any new episodes in a couple years, but the episodes they have are what we call evergreen, you know, and that's that's a smart approach to making podcasts because um, it's relevant. It's, it's as relevant now as it was when she made those. So Out of History by Renee Pogue is my uh, 
choice for player forward. And that wraps another episode of Three Clips, a Castos original hosted by me, Evo Terra. I truly believe that one of the best ways we can make podcasting better is by understanding what goes on inside the heads of our fellow podcasters. Thanks for joining me this season. Cheers. Cheers.